With the massive amount of creative disruption happening in our industry, the need for advisor education is greater than ever. How has one university responded to that challenge? We'll find out on part one of this two-part episode of Shift Shapers. Change either paralyzes or energizes. The choice is yours. You're listening to the Shift Shapers podcast. You're about to learn firsthand from businesses and entrepreneurs who have successfully shaped the shifts in their industries. Get ready to become the change that you want to see. Here's your host and chief transformation strategist, David Saltzman. This episode of the Shift Shapers podcast is brought to you by Captivated Health, a captive insurance arrangement that helps small and mid-market companies escape the fully insured marketplace and deliver stability, control, and savings without watering down employees' benefits or increasing their premium share. If you have clients in the educational institution or the engineering vertical, go to our website at CaptivatedHealth.com or click on the company logo on the Shift Shapers website. Hi, and thanks for listening. If you haven't already subscribed at the ShiftShapersOnline.com website, you'll want to do that right away. Why? Two reasons. First, you'll get a quick email every Monday so you can be the first to know about this week's new episode. And you'll also be eligible for special offers. And well, I'm not supposed to say anything about this just yet, but but I'm so excited about a special offer we have coming in just a few weeks. It's an offer that will help you learn the six steps to get the three things you need to become a recognized expert in your area and open opportunities that will help to take your practice to the top and at a special discount for Shift Shapers members. But you can't get the discount unless you subscribe. So pause this podcast, go to www.shiftshapersonline.com and click the subscribe button now. Don't miss the upcoming special offer. And again, thanks for listening. With all of the talk that's going on in the industry about deconstructing health plans, and the creative disruption that's going on. And it is both creative and disruption. And we've talked a lot about that on the podcast. One of the things that we haven't talked about and the industry hasn't really provided or no one's provided until now is a different kind of education that is commensurate with those kinds of disruptive changes. And that all changed about seven weeks ago. Our guest today is Tom Scott. Tom is the director of the Health Benefits Design Graduate Program at the University of Lynchburg. And it is a fascinating course and a much needed course in today's environment. And we invited Tom on the program to help us understand how he came to this course and how it was developed and what the goals of it are and and how you can access it if it's something that you think is, is useful to you as well. And I suggest to most of my listeners that it would be something that you should definitely check out and we'll put a link to it in the show notes. So with that rather lengthy introduction, welcome, Tom. Thank you, David. It's a pleasure to be here. I appreciate you having me. It's our pleasure. Tell us a little bit about your background, because I think that will be informative about the other steps and the other pieces of the program, if you would. Sure, sure. So I am a gearhead by nature, I guess. My, My doctorate was in quantitative analysis. And since I received that, I guess about 25 of my 32 years have been in the private sector and seven in academia. So I've done a a lot of things, been CEO, COO, CFO of small to mid-sized company, 10 million to 50 million. I've worked with some Fortune 500 companies, started smaller companies. But really the last 
the last five or six years, I've spent a ton of time in healthcare. A lot of it was co-founding a company called Sana Spine with Dr. Delon Elagala. And really, it was that it was that business. He developed a way through high-frequency surgical ultrasound to actually get inside the spinal column and address problems without spinal fusion. So we're confident he can avoid two-thirds of, of spinal fusions. We've had folks come in from highly recognized institutions, educational institutions, where their doctor had told them that they had to have a spinal fusion. That was the only answer to their problem. And Dr. Lagala performed an outpatient surgery, went home the next day. I bring this up because in my mind, when we started this company four or five years ago, this seemed like a slam dunk to me. I was relatively naive to the healthcare system. And I thought, well, if there's a procedure out there that costs $80,000, that's that's what the hospitals get reimbursed, basically, sometimes a lot more. And they have hardware, plates and screws in the back, and there's adjacent level disease in five years. Certainly a $30,000 procedure with none of those complications, and the patient maintains their structural integrity, that would be great. But it really wasn't received like that in the in the healthcare world. So there were some challenges with, of course, if you're a hospital system, what you hear is, well, that's $30,000 instead of $80,000. There's no overnight stay. I have neurosurgeons. I have to teach something new to. So it really wasn't a slam dunk. But as a result of that, I was exposed to a lot of, a lot of areas in healthcare. Last year, about this time, the University of Lynchburg called and asked if I wanted to direct their health informatics management graduate program. And I asked if it could be practical rather than theoretic. I wanted to be practical focused and I wanted some curricular latitude. So, so David, as I went out and talked with the healthcare systems and the consultants, I wanted to create their dream health informatics program. And really the, <laughs> the reaction was lukewarm, I guess, to say the best. They were kind of interested in informatics, but they were much more interested in their EMR system and building a data warehouse and in the nursing shortage. A couple of them did say, though, if you can build me a genetic algorithm that predicts the exact healthcare of these patients, then we might have a deal. And so at that point, we were a few hundred million dollars behind on that investment. So we let that go. But as part of the research, I went to the World Healthcare Congress last year to talk with Al Lewis about his participation in the graduate program teaching a core certification. And at that conference, I had the good fortune to meet briefly Dave Chase and also Dave Contorno. And as I heard John Mackey talk about what Whole Foods did, and I heard about the Rosen story, it was clear to me that the what I perceived as pieces of value-based healthcare. So maybe it's direct primary care, maybe it's centers of excellence, maybe it's care coordination or reference-based pricing. I'd heard those terms and knew that they were sporadically successful, but really at that conference, it became clear to me that these, these plans were available. They could be put together. And with, you know, with attorneys like you get in the, in the FIA group who are used to, you know, assembling these complex designs, it's not that difficult. Healthcare doesn't cost that much. So that was a revelation for me. So it appeared to me that this was the bluest ocean I'd ever seen, that, that there was no graduate program in the country that focused specifically on health benefit design. There are courses, but this is actually a 10-course master's degree that you'll leave with. 
and it focuses completely on value-based approaches to healthcare and the ability to tie those together. And I guess, you know, when you bring that sort of idea to an accredited university, it can't be conspiracy theory-like. You have to have some facts behind you. So as I started to do the research on the numbers, I found it almost impossible to peel back layers of the existing $3.6 trillion system and figure out what a good number was. So instead, I started from square one and assumed, you know, the first step in healthcare is going to be primary care. And out of that, you're going to have maybe some prescriptions, maybe some imaging, maybe referral to specialty care. With Within specialty care, there are bundled procedures all over the place, centers of excellence. You can, there are, you know, programs to control chronic illness. So what I did, David, was start at square one and say, what should the average person under 65, because this program really is focused on corporate plans, self-insured plans, what should they be paying for healthcare? What's the actual cost of healthcare? And, you know, the rough number that I came up with was about $360 a month. That is no copay, no deductible from dollar one, nothing out of pocket. That's, that's what it costs per month. So having gone through that exercise in a fair amount of detail, came to the conclusion that what folks were talking about and experiencing with regard to 30 to 50% reductions in healthcare with better healthcare results was doable and that it, folks should be educated on it. So over the last 12 months, we reconstructed the program. We got it approved through the College of Health Sciences, through the Graduate Studies Program, through the general faculty, and started in March. So 11 months start to finish, which is, you know, it sounds like 11 months, but it is, you know, for higher education, more like light speed. So we were really happy to get this going. There are two, two tracks in the program right now, well, a third one coming up. One is geared toward benefits advisors. And one is geared toward HR directors, finance, benefits administrators. The courses are online, 100% online, five weeks in duration. So you can complete the master's degree in one year, 10 courses. I think one of the great things we've seen already in seven weeks is the participation from industry experts. I mean, some of the folks that have participated in this program you know, Dave Chase, Sean Shanson, Dave Contorno, Adam Russo, Keith Smith, Jay Keyes, Mike Pullman, Jed Constance, Keith Dutch Rojas, Tom Emmerich. I mean, it goes on and on. And they were happy to contribute to this program and be part of the classes. So I am not the expert in DPC. But last Tuesday, we had Jay Keyes, CEO of Capital Advocates and Executive Director of the Direct Primary Care Coalition, we had Clint Flanagan, Dr. Clint Flanagan, who's CEO of Nextera. We had uh, Dr. Jed Constance, DPC strategy and purchasing consultant. We had Alex Lickerman, MD, author, CEO of Imagine MD. And we had Al Lewis to make sure that they didn't get away with anything. <laughs> so <laughs> it was a spectacular night. I mean, at the end of, uh, so we meet every Tuesday and this course has a lot of benefits advisors, but we also have a human resource director. We have CFO. We have one person in pharmaceutical sales who, who was a little bit scared to come to the class. We thought we would, they, he thought we would sacrifice him, but, but that's not been the case. But there is a lot of interaction 
And when you when you tune in at seven o'clock on a Tuesday night and it lasts until ten fifteen, not because someone's droning on, but because the students are engaged in asking questions, that's pretty cool. And now a word from our sponsor. Captivated Health is a single source solution for your clients and prospects in the education and engineering verticals. The founders of Captivated Health have 35 years experience working with healthcare and benefit clients. And over that time, they've developed a keen understanding of the unique problems mid-market clients experience. Frustrated by a lack of control, the unpredictability of ever-increasing healthcare costs, and the pressures and regulations of the Affordable Care Act, these groups have been adrift in the fully insured commercial marketplace. Until now. Captivated Health has built a program that solves those problems and does so with virtually no disruption to employees while saving clients millions of dollars. We wanted you to be among the first to know that Captivated Health is building a national distribution partner network so you can bring this cutting-edge solution to your education and engineering clients that you advise. To learn more about Captivated Health's solution, go to our website at www.captivatedhealth.com or click on our logo on the Shift Shapers website. Yeah, I, I remember years ago, well, not that many years ago, I was asked to be a guest lecturer at the University of Miami's MBA in Health Admin program. And because of the diversity of the students, and these were already quite accomplished people, the interchange was some of the most fun I, I've had in a long time. And I presume that your program is, is heading that way as well. It is. You know, the unique aspect, it's interesting you bring that up because – the benefits advisors, on, on one hand, they've had a lot of experience. The average years of experience is between 15 and 20 for the, for the folks that are in the class now. So they are learning some things from the CEOs. So when Clint Flanagan talks about Nextera and what they're doing and what they're doing in the area of DPC, or if you have Promote John come in and talk about pharmaceutical benefits management, or Adam Russo's group come in and talk about how to tie these together – these folks are learning something, but the other side of that coin is they're actually potentially interviewing them. They have clients. So, and that's actually turned out to be the case a couple of times so far. So some of the speakers, you know, after the five week course was over that we just had, which is analyzing the elements of the healthcare value chain, we had a couple of students work with one of the instructors and, and are probably in the process of moving some business. So it's been a great opportunity for not just, you know, academic and academic endeavor, but really for professional advancement and a level of networking that I have not really seen before. In my mind, what we wanted to do was put together a program that's essentially the 10 best conferences you've ever been to pushed together into a year. And if you do that, you're kind of forcing folks to apply what they learn along the way and then leveraging that knowledge in the next class. So then instead of leaving a conference, you've probably left a conference and felt like that that's great. I hope I can apply it. And then your next two clients are are fully insured, will never change, and you kind of lose your momentum. And but but this has enabled it to keep the momentum going and actually building. Yeah. So perfect mix, I think, of the, the academic piece, the professional piece, and the networking, which is so critical. Is, is it just word of mouth so far? Have you guys done any marketing, or do you plan on doing any marketing of the program? Well, we've had some, I think my budget is 1500 So anyway, not a big budget for this, but we have had some, some marketing help from Adam Russo happens to, to 
believe in this program. We were in a in a SIA industry broadcast in February. We've been on a in a story an employee benefits advisor. We've been on the we've been in the newspapers. I'm going to speak at the World Healthcare Congress on April 30th, so don't miss that session. And employee benefits advisors actually coming Monday to do a follow up cover story on this. So we've it's really been word of mouth and actually some of the students have been the best. I mean, I just want to make sure this is the best experience a student has. And I, I really don't know. You know, I asked a lot of companies before we even started this program. I said, what do you think about? Do you hire master's level folks? And they talked about MBAs specifically. They said, yeah, they're, they're pretty smart. I mean, they might not know what I need them to know, and they may not communicate that well, but I guess they're smart. And I thought, well, that's, that's exactly what I don't want from, from these graduates. Right. So we've made very sure that this is, is practical, and we're going to measure our success by the success of the students. So we are tracking their current client base, what clients they've been able to add through this process, and current clients, what have you implemented to save money? And with the HR directors, we, I am asking them to put together a plan and create some change. I mean, maybe... It depends, of course, where you are on the fully insured, completely self-insured spectrum. But let's do something. Let's make this real. And so within each course, at the end of the five weeks, we have a project that's specifically dedicated to that person's company or that person's client or, you know, directly to their current employment. You mentioned Keith Smith and a couple of other providers, and Keith himself is a force of nature. We've interviewed Keith a couple of times and just love having him on the program. What kind of reaction are you getting from the, from the provider community? Have you, have you had any input from hospitals, for example? Because we know, that, you know that's where the big dollar bills come from. Well, Keith, Keith is great, and he is so down to earth. I mean, he's just been spectacular. We, have, we actually have a couple of folks of in Illinois here are going to be joining the program that are part of a hospital system. But what they're looking at really is direct contracting with employers. And I think that's going to be growing. You know, I've talked with Mark Baker of Bingham Memorial Hospital in Idaho, where that's been a great success. And I think as, you know, hospitals are afraid on, on one hand about reimbursement from private insurers. On the other hand, if you have just around here, hypothetically speaking, David, if you have employers mm-hmm. around Lynchburg that are paying Blue Cross or Cigna Retina $100, and if you're a relatively small company, they're supposed to pay $80 of that out in claims. And from what I'm, when I'm talking to hospital systems, they, they say that right now the, the arguments they're having with private insurers are enormous relative to Medicare, and they spend 20 to 25% of the revenue with administration associated with that. So if that's the case, then they don't get $80. They get about $60. So why are companies here paying $100 to filter $60 back to the hospital? Well, on the other side of the coin, and we've talked about it on this program a number of times, is that with these huge personal responsibility amounts that a lot of these plans have now, we've created a whole class of folks who are what I call functionally uninsured. Absolutely. If, if you're making... Forty forty five thousand dollars a year, and you've got a family to feed, and a three thousand dollar out of pocket max. You have a card in your wallet, but you can't really use it. And until we start looking at the costs in different ways and communicating that, and being able to effectuate some of these changes, 
those people are on the outside, and that's not a good thing. It's not. It's not. And I think the, the corporations have the ability to change things right now. There are options out there for corporations. You know, I'm not really sure why I'm generalizing a little bit, but I'm not sure why the human resource department will find that $50 ball cap or a $15 ball cap that should not be in your expense report. But you can get a $2,400 MRI when a $700 one is right across the street with the same resolution and same doctor reading it. The Shift Shapers podcast is a production of Strategic Vision Publishing and David Saltzman. This podcast may not be reproduced in any form, in whole or in part, without the express written permission of the producers. All rights reserved. Thank you.